0: Welcome to another episode of the Access Vikings podcast. My name is Andrew Kramer, joined by Ben Gessling of the Star Tribune at TCO Performance Center where the Vikings have made their first round pick. We can tell you who it is. We can tell you who it is. Listen up. It's Jordan Addison out of USC. They stayed at 23 overall, so we'll talk quick about what went down tonight? It's already Friday right now, Ben, technically. So we should just stay here until they make their next uh, second. Well, it won't be. Well, a they second. won't be
1: picking until later tomorrow night. <laughs>
0: That's true. No, tonight, you mean? Because it's 12 yes. Stay here for
1: the Jordan Addison press conference
0: <laughs> 12 10 a.m. Um, but the Vikings end up staying put in what we thought could be a pretty eventful night for them. They don't end up trading because, boy, those quarterbacks went awfully quickly. Uh, They get a coveted cohort for Justin Jefferson, uh, filling that spot left by Adam Thielen, getting cut. And we just heard from Kevin O'Connell and Kwese Adolfo um, Munza tonight talking about this pick after they made it, after the first round. So, Ben, we should start with the guy they picked. What stood out to you about what you heard about the new Viking?
1: Well, they clearly have... Plans for him pretty much right off the bat. I asked Kevin O'Connell, "Do you kind of start him on one spot? I mean, because we've heard this approach in the past, where it's we we'll have to let him learn the one spot before we have him play everywhere." O'Connell basically said, "No, we want him to start learning all three positions because we want to be able to move him around because we want to be able to move Justin Jefferson around." So, and he has done a lot of that in the past. Quacy DoFloMenza said one of the things we liked is that he has an inside-outside flex. To him, and he can he can do both of those things. He's probably going to get corners that get physical with him, just because he's not the biggest receiver in the world. So you're going to have people try to test him a little bit that way. But certainly seems like a guy that can can separate underneath and can run after the catch. So adds another dimension to their receiver group. You wondered if they'd go with a, a bigger guy at some point if if there was one available on it. They may find other options here down the stretch, but. It was, I think, important to them to find a way to make teams pay for the way they play Justin Jefferson because O'Connell's talked about it a lot that they will see teams that even the ones that play a lot of single high coverage, they see them come in and and completely go against the scouting report and say we're going to play two high safeties all day to take Justin Jefferson out of the game. You have to find ways to make people pay for that. O'Connell said he spent a lot of his offseason trying to figure out solutions for that, and this gives them another – option to do that. So I I think that was an important thing for them. It was certainly a need for them and it gives Kirk Cousins another target rather than uh, someone to look over his shoulder at for the better part of the 2023 season.
0: I was just looking through Kevin O'Connell's quotes from tonight because I wanted to get verbatim what he said about making people pay for you know, covering Justin Jefferson the way that they tried to, and it was as exactly what we said. It was, quote, we want to make people pay for that. Um, talking about the loaded shell coverage, safety over the top, tight corner underneath, all the kind of stuff that you saw opponents do to Jefferson that when he was bothered the few times that he was, that's what it looked like. And Jordan Addison, the word that, that stuck out to me that we kept hearing from Kwasi and Kevin about this kid who's only 21 years old, he's one of the youngest players in this draft class, is the word natural. They kept talking about that, you know, the undercurrent of it is he didn't test super well at the combine. He wasn't the most athletic, didn't run the fastest 40, but they kept talking about this guy can just naturally get open. He's a separator. He has nuance in his routes. Um, Kevin O'Connell talked about his footwork and some of the ways that he can um, bend and and get open. And that's similar stuff to what you hear about Justin Jefferson – Obviously, Justin Jefferson is a different person <laughs> and a different player. But but people had
1: a lot of the same questions about Justin Jefferson coming out of the draft. Yeah. Is Can he play outside? Is he the most dynamic? Because that was a great receiver class. Everybody was like, well, he's a slot guy. He's not going to be a deep threat. I mean, you heard a lot of the same things. And it's like, no, he, he pretty much does it all.
0: And they ended up getting Addison as the fourth receiver in a run of four. So with that run on wide receivers in the first round and the Vikings commotion in their draft room, I wonder if one of the reasons why they didn't eventually trade back or uh, ultimately, I should say, not eventually, ultimately trade back is because of maybe Addison was one of the top ones left at that point, And they didn't like their options beyond that. And for them to stay put where they did and take him at the end of that wide receiver run what would seem to me to think that was the end of their tier at that position. Yeah,
1: very possible. They still had some cornerback options there. Um, Joey said, Porter p- fell out of the first round. Joey out. Porter, I think Deontay Banks was still there. Yeah, he went right after them. Yep, the yep. So they had a couple of guys that I think would have made sense for Brian Flores' defense in that spot, but ultimately they decide to address the wide receiver position and, and add some more to the offense. We'll have to see what they do. At corner, I think they probably still need more help there and certainly could take one in the third round tomorrow night. Um, we'll have to see if they end up getting trades done for either Zadarius Smith or Dalvin Cook that may bring another mid-round pick that they could use on a corner too. But you're, at that point, probably talking about a guy that you have to develop. So you're betting on Andrew Booth at Caleb Evans, uh, Byron Murphy coming in and being... Probably the number one corner, or at least a guy that you count on for quite a bit. So, uh, you know, the bet continues to be on our best way to win games is to score a lot of points and With make fifty people, to forty shootouts. Well, you know, those are fun. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, we've uh, we've watched a lot of games over the years yeah. that are not that. So, you know, it's it's something different.
0: Well, the quarterback situation kind of played out at least how we were expecting in terms of the top three being the top three, and Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson. Those three guys were gone within the first four picks. Um, the only – the Texans ended up getting the second and third pick, trading back up to number three with Arizona to take an edge rusher out of Alabama and Will Anderson. But beyond that, it was all quarterbacks dominating those top four. And, Ben, we from everything you reported, we both heard – That seemed – once Richardson went, I don't think anybody – there weren't too many people in the Viking media room anyway expecting them to to take a quarterback in the first round after that happened.
1: No, they thought Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson were first-round-worthy players or at least players they'd consider either by moving up or picking where they were picking at 23 – they did not feel that way about anybody else in the first round, at least as far as I understand it. So does not mean that they think Will Levis, Hendon, Hooker aren't going to be NFL quarterbacks. They just not see them as being worth that pick, especially when you, if you take one in the first round, the expectation becomes that player is going to be the starter in 2024 when Kirk Cousins becomes a free agent. And then that player is ready to take over. So, they did not feel like that was going to be a position that you could put either of those players in, at least right away, and say, "You know this job is is being held for you essentially in a yeah. year. Um, you know, could they go back and take one of those players if they're still available at eighty seven tomorrow? I, I suppose. But you'd certainly have the question of if you've liked them enough to think they're the long term plan. Why would you not take them in a spot that gives you a fifth year of control of affordable quarterback play? So <laughs> I don't I don't think that's going to happen with those guys. Um, you know, if they if they use a third round pick, I I think it's you'd have to look at it differently than oh, see they did like them. It's no, they. Don't look at them as first-round worthy players. And if you take one in the third round, there are different expectations. We saw with Kellen Mond a couple of years ago. It's a different route, a different path at that position than if you take one at 23 or higher.
0: Yeah, you're anointing the franchise. Yes, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. If if Will Levis or Hendon Hooker were to have been the 23rd overall pick, that's the decision right then and there where – you take the guy at eighty-seven, like a Kellen Mond. You can say, you know what? We'll get you in camp, and we'll see. Right. <laughs> you know, we'll see, we'll see how you do, and if you can earn the job from there, great. But we're not giving it to you the way a first-round pick, as you're saying, yeah. uh, is is given the job. So, I, I guess was there anything when you look at how this draft fell? I think I was surprised to see. Joey Porter fall out of it. Junior, I was surprised to see the corners wait as long as they had to wait yeah, in Yeah, Christian Gonzalez
1: went later than I was expecting too.
0: He goes to the Patriots at 17 after they trade back the Oregon corner who was like 6-1 and runs a 4-3. Yeah. Um, two running backs go in the top 12. Yes. I didn't see that coming.
1: Two running backs, and uh, there were a couple of linebackers that are not pass-rushing linebackers, I believe, too. In the Lions and – um
0: Lions took Jack Campbell. Yeah, there and There's one other one, right? Uh maybe, maybe not. But um I, I do know that B. John Robinson goes eight overall to Arthur Smith's Atlanta Falcons. That's not too much of a shock because Arthur Smith comes from Tennessee. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry was a thing. And what he is did, still a thing. What did shock me though is Detroit trades back from six to twelve and then takes Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama after giving David Montgomery uh, money in free agency yeah. and while still having a highly drafted running back in DeAndre Swift on the roster. This is also, though, a Detroit team. Maybe th- that's the cost or the the benefit, I should say, of having six picks in the top 100. Yeah. You can take a running back at 12 and say, you know what, we're going to get five other guys in the top 100. Yeah, too. I mean,
1: they have a lot of picks to work with. It, it was – they must not have liked – any of those quarterbacks at that point, either because they are not probably settled long term there in that spot. So, I mean, obviously everybody had a chance to take those quarterbacks and passed on them. Just about when give with uh, the exclusion like, of teams that don't have a first round pick. Yeah, you're talking about like Hooker Levis and Levis and, Hooker. and the yes.
0: two guys that were kind of thought of as part of the first round group that obviously fell out of. Um, Green Bay ends up taking Lucas Van Ness. Uh, a, It was a classic Brian Gutekunst yes. pick. Yes, Iowa defensive end. A giant Big Ten uh, oversized defender. I think I saw somewhere that um, this might have been from Dan Graziano at ESPN, but the Packers have taken like 17 of the last 21 first-round picks have been defenders. Yes. <laughs> yep. That's yep.
1: incredible. They have not taken a receiver I think since Javon Walker. Have they had a good defense in that span? Um, <laughs> they, they've had a couple that were okay in the regular season, but it seems like every time they need to win a game. Well, I, I guess the the year they blew it against the 49ers, they, they played well, but then Rodgers had a bad game and their special teams was... Was that 2019? Uh, no, that was uh, 2021. Okay. That was the game that they got the punt blocked for a touchdown and uh, they lost 10-3. to But, um, yeah, they, it, they have... Spent a lot of time trying to fix that defense, and still did not take a receiver, even when you may think they need one for for new starting quarterback Jordan Love. But yeah, very interesting that way. Um, I, I wondered about the quarterbacks because I mocked that the Vikings would take Anthony Richardson at eleven if he slid. Uh, they liked him, and I they I think, and I asked Quacy Adolfo mensa this tonight, and he said we worked on a lot of those scenarios of. Possibly trading up, I I think they looked pretty intently at could we get up and take a quarterback, and I think the fact that the Texans took one at two was kind of the fulcrum here because if if they didn't, if they had taken Will Anderson and then you figure the Cardinals maybe trade that pick to somebody else, you know, it was a question I suppose at four of did the Colts like Levis? Did they like Richardson? It seemed like. Uh, some of the reporters that cover them said, no, it's Richardson. So maybe that made it so you have to get to three to get in front of them. And we saw what the third pick got in a trade. That would have been a lot to give up. And I my guess is that the Vikings looked at that and said, you know what? As much as we'd love to do it, that's really expensive to go make that trade, which is basically the same one the 49ers made to get up and get Trey Lance a couple of years ago. So a little bit of a pregnant pause there after saying Trey Lance's name. Not that we know anything, but that's been talked about. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that position plays out from here. I Had Richardson slipped, I would have been really, really interested to see if they would have tried to make a play for it. Because my sense in the last week is that they were very much intrigued by him and very much intrigued by the possibility of moving up to get a quarterback if the right one was there. And again, I, I think the three that they would have considered were the ones that went in the first four picks. And, well, yeah, it's hard to get those guys. But they aren't going to – this is not – and we've been saying it all along. This is not the Rick Spielman approach of we need a quarterback, let's just take whatever we can find. It's No, we want a quarterback, If we're gonna, especially if we're going to take one in the first round. We want one that is going to be a franchise guy. We don't have to move off of Kirk Cousins right now. We may not even have to move off of Kirk Cousins next year, if the if you, if you could figure something out with him, or maybe even I mean, the, I I don't think they'd use a franchise tag on him, but it's probably about the same cap number he has this year. Well, no, it's not because you have all the void money that you'd have to figure out too. So that's that's probably not happening. But
0: he's also been tagged before. He has twice. Does that?
1: I don't think that affects anything. He's had some no tag language in his contracts in the past. I don't believe he has that at the moment but i think the finances of that with all of that void money just don't make a ton of sense but they they will i don't think they were going to be forced into a situation where let's take one to take one knowing that kirk is where he is i think like we said they saw certain guys as being ready to step in and be on a path to take that job in 24, and Richardson, they would have had a lot of work to do to get him ready for it. But I, I don't think they saw the other guys as being worthy of anointing as the heir apparent to that position. Knowing that there's so much, there's so much of a, a, a messaging, so much of a, almost a political thing that comes with that. Of this is our guy. This is where we're going. Uh, we believe in him. We are going to cast our lot with him for the rest of our time, probably in Minnesota. Yeah. I mean, that stuff has a message to it and that, you just can't do it with anybody
0: that comes with any position too though first round pick and i, I think, think it's, it's more
1: so there though of I mean, course
0: yeah of course because it's the most important position on the team i just think too that even with do you think we would have seen 10 years ago a team spend a first round pick on a clear wide receiver too? Uh, maybe not. I mean, that, yeah. But that position, that, that pick still comes with Addison of saying like, sorry, KJ, this isn't your spot. Right. This is Jordan Addison's spot now, but also it's interesting cause he's not the guy. No, <laughs> it, no. It is a first rounder on a number two,
1: but I don't think you get fired for missing a wide receiver two at 23. You get fired if you miss on quarterbacks. So, uh, at least a lot of people get fired if they miss on quarterbacks.
0: Quay Adolfo Mensa was asked about the quarterback outlook. He said, we know that's an important position. We know we have an incredibly good one now. We'll see what happens after that. Um, And Kevin O'Connell was also asked about what he thought about the remaining quarterbacks in this draft. And he essentially said, uh, what Brian Robinson said a long time ago was, you know, my mom said if I don't have anything nice to say, don't don't say anything at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, O'Connell said like, hey, you know, I liked what I saw out of this group, but then he kind of got off topic and didn't really get back get back to the quarterback. Yeah,
1: I mean, they had Tanner McKee in on the top thirty from Stanford. Uh, Jaron Hall, I think they've talked with. I think they liked some things about him, but you know, these are going to be developmental guys. It's not going to be somebody that you bring in and say, "Hey, this job is being." you know, held for you in a year. Uh, And even if they were to take, I just, I don't think it's going to be Levis or Hooker on day two. Even if they were to do it, I just, again, like we've said, it comes with different connotations than if you take one at 23.
0: And the Vikings enter the, Uh, home stretch, the final stretches, final six rounds, I guess if you can call that a home stretch, of the NFL draft, it feels that way when there's four months leading up to it, three months leading up to it. This feels like the home stretch. Um, They have four picks remaining in this draft. One on Friday at 87 overall. It'll surely be outdated by the time you're listening to this, but we will be breaking down the entire draft for you guys at startribune.com and on a podcast Saturday night after the Vikings have made all their selections for 2023. Until then, please check out startribune.com.